Hello and welcome to Tell Me What You Did. My name is Philip Shackelford and I'm the Library Director at South Arkansas Community College. This series is all about exploring a variety of different careers and learning about the pathways students and others can take to pursue similar opportunities. I'm glad you're here and I hope you enjoy. Let's get started. All right, well, good afternoon, and thank you for coming back to Tell Me What You Do. My name is Philip Shackelford. I'm the library director here at South Arkansas Community College. And uh, this month, I have the honor of visiting with Laura Allen, who's the executive director of the South Arkansas Arts Center. So, Laura, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So, um, let me, uh, I think we'll just jump right in, if, if that's okay with you. Perfect. All right, so tell us, tell us what you do. So, I am the executive director of the South Arkansas Arts Center. So that does not necessarily mean that I am an artist. What it means is that I oversee all the operations, which include community theater, visual arts, arts education, education in the schools. Um, I look at the whole thing globally and mm -hmm. I make sure that we have enough money to do all the programming that we wanna do and that everybody is safe and um, that everything is scheduled in a timely manner. So. I am like the, the umbrella brain for the whole thing. <laughs> a lot of hats, a lot of hats. Absolutely, all the hats. <laughs> so what if you could take a second and talk to us about the Art Center itself and how sure. if, if folks maybe are not familiar with it or if they haven't visited you guys, um, the difference between what you guys do and maybe what an art museum does. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that. So we are really like a community center for the arts. Um, the, the South Arkansas Art Center is an old organization. It was started in 1964, but um, when it started in 1964, it was sort of a coming together of other volunteer-based organizations. There was the Eldorado Little Theater and the Fine Arts Guild, and what they did is they decided to join forces and purchase a building for, I think, $150,000, which was a lot of money to raise. And um, so they came together and they put all their resources in one pot. So we ended up with um, community theater, which is an all-volunteer um, cast and crew putting on three shows a year, and we have um, the uh, and it's all uh, committee run. So there is a steering committee for the theater side and a steering committee for the visual arts side. And so on the visual arts side, we have a gallery that hosts rotating exhibits um, about monthly. And then we also have the, the Arts Academy, which is after school classes for all ages. Uh, we have a mommy and me class that starts with babies and um, all the way through, you know, we have kids who are graduating high school this year. So we have a little, a little bit of something for everything. And we also run um, a program called AIE, which is arts and education, which is grant funded by the Arkansas Arts Council. And we pair artists with classroom teachers to do sort of like co-curricular programming, um, it's using the arts to solidify other concepts. So it's like uh, using the arts to deepen your knowledge about history or math or, or other things. And so that is all free to schools. We um, get a grant and we match it. So there's there's gotcha. a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> Absolutely. And we well, like so to keep people I'm busy. wondering if you could kind of give us like the, the bird's eye view uh, a little bit. You know, talk about what art means to you personally, but also... Um, you know, art is something that's universal. So the, the place of an art center in a community like this, the value of uh, what you guys do, talk to us a little bit about that. Absolutely. You know, I really think that what we do is about relationships 
Um, art is very powerful. It's powerful for kids. It's powerful for adults. Um, learning to express yourself, learning to work in a group to like achieve a goal, learning to make mistakes and that it's not that big a deal. And also just sort of like learning that creative critical thinking that um, is really just so essential in childhood development, adult development. Everybody needs a little critical thinking. It doesn't ever hurt. So all of those skills that people are learning and working on when they're doing visual art, dance, music, um, theater, like those all create an environment where you make bonds that are very strong. So those bonds are student teacher, those bonds are peer to peer, um, those bonds are adult to adult. And uh, so really what we are is a place where people can build those bonds. They can find a group that they can feel belonging with, people who have similar interests. Sometimes they can find people who really don't have similar interests, but they just like them. And, and they sort of get an element of just comfort with them because they're, they're in a place that they feel safe. They're in a place where they know that um, it, it's almost just like a, a little like, we already have mutual friends, so maybe we're gonna be friends too. So I think that's really what is kind of like the magic sauce of the Art Center is that it, it creates a little community within the community and, um, you know, if, if you're here and you're working and you're doing stuff with people, you already have like overcome one hurdle and you, you can really uh, build strong relationships with your community and with other people. Well, yeah, I was, I was about to say, I mean, you, you not only have the, the enjoyment piece of kind of just enjoying the art and then also the skills piece and developing those skills, Absolutely. but also you're building community, um, which, is, which is awesome. Um, so let me ask you this, as you talk to uh, civic organizations or funding agencies or, or just someone that, that comes in and, and they're experiencing the Art Center for the first time, um, what's, what's your elevator pitch? How do, you, how do you talk to people about the Art Center? I love to tell people that um, we have something for you to do as long as you're potty trained. We have something that for you to do at the Art Center, but now we started this Mommy and Me class, so I can't even use that joke anymore. Like, I have to come up with a new one. So what we are really about the experience, like we um, love to present things to audiences, but we are really about the experience of creation. And that's something that everybody can enjoy. And that's something that everybody can be involved in. Very cool. So take us through the journey. How did you get involved in a career like this? Where did it start for you? And uh, just take us through it a little. Well, I am not an artist, but I was raised by artists. So my parents are both painters. My dad um, was a drawing instructor at Arkansas State for a long time. My mom, um, she also has an MFA, like they're, they're painters, they're artsy people. So I kind of like grew up in that world. And then I um, went and got an English degree. So I, <laughs> I, I, like, I was like a books kid. So uh, I had got an English degree from Hendrix and I ended up doing an internship at a magazine called At Home in Arkansas. And um, I was like 20 years old and it's a very small staff and I got a really like fast education in just like what it takes to 
produce something every month and you know how to do how to wear all those hats you know like we talked about like if you want to do something um really interesting you're gonna have to do all the things and so that's really like what that job taught me and then I just kind of refused to leave so like I was an intern and then I was an editorial assistant and then I was an assistant editor and I kind of just eked my way up through all those steps and um I ended up there about 10 years and I was the editor by the end of it and um it it was one of those jobs that really is a lot like being the executive director of a nonprofit, you just kind of have to do everything. And um, I really, really loved it. And I got to see a lot of Arkansas and I got to see a lot of places doing cool things. And then I married someone from El Dorado. So I mean, my husband, Sam is from El Dorado and he really, we were both in Little Rock for a long time and I knew he always really kind of wanted to come back here. And um, it was, before we even got married, I was uh, sitting in my little office and Beth Burns called me about an event that the Art Center was doing here. And it was the first time I'd really like heard about the Art Center. And uh, I was like, I think it was, uh, they were doing like a, a show, a temporary show that had pieces from permanent collections of people all over Eldred. And I was like, that is a really, cool place and so it was the, the first time I'd ever heard about it and then um, I came to El Dorado for the first time with Sam to meet his parents and I came to see meet me in St. Louis at the Art Center because he was in it singing a little solo and um, you know I just really loved El Dorado and we ended up coming here when we started our family and I stayed home and I worked part-time for about 10 years I did um, El Dorado Insider with the Diamond Agency. So then uh, when Beth was retiring, I it was not the exact right time for me to go back to work, but it was the exact right job. So here we are. There you go. That's fascinating. And I, I think from from what some of the discussion already, I, you know, I can kind of guess at, at what your answers to, to this might be. <laughs> but what are your favorite aspects of, of the job there at the Art Center? I have a lot of favorite aspects of my job at the Art Center. Um, I love getting to like make connections. I love getting to like stir people together in a pot and like see new people find something that they love. I love somebody getting to try something new and um, figure out that they really have a talent for it. They have an affinity for it. And that's not just like kids. I love seeing them. You know, we have 300 something kids in the Arts Academy every semester. And so we have all these kids here every afternoon trying new stuff. And they're always like having these like big brain moments where they're realizing something, making those new, those new like neural pathways. But I love adults doing it too. You know, I, I love it when people can come and like take a workshop and try something new. I love it when people bring someone with them the next time they come to a workshop and then they try something new together. And I love it when people just kind of step up to do something and then really like find out that they're great at doing costumes or that they're great at running the lights or they're great at all these different things. I just, I find that so like encouraging that people can still, no matter how old they are, find out they're great at something new 
and and like just the the excitement that it brings and i just love art and i love theater and i love music <laughs> and i love being able to um, make it all really accessible to people in a small town in right. south arkansas who um, might not otherwise be able to see like these fabulous works of art and sure. these fabulous shows that um can really like speak to them and so you know i love that and i one more thing that i really love and i really love um just bringing art into the schools bringing art to everybody because yeah. art is for everybody it's not just for fancy people it's just not only for people who already know they love it so mm -hmm. i love discovery discovery i like that I like that, and, and we've kind of already touched on this, and, and as we've talked to various nonprofit folks and folks in education in, in a variety of different roles, the the concept of, of many hats has yeah. has come up. It's been a it's been a common thread for for some of those industries that we've uh, engaged with. What do you think makes that a a common experience for nonprofits specifically? Um, what are the good things and maybe the not so good things about that? Um, it's also exciting too. So talk to us a little bit about all the, the many hats concept. Absolutely. I think that many hats is a specific talent. And I think that you don't end up in nonprofit management. I don't think you end up in arts management unless you are already good at doing many hats. And um, I think part of it is just sort of a state of mind. You know, you it's, it's a big picture thinking like wearing many hats sometimes means like being the one that cleans up throw up or like wearing many hats sometimes means being the one who like picks up trash in the parking lot but um it is a very much like a big picture mindset and I think that that is what draws people to the arts it's what draws people to the nonprofit world you know seeing the goal and not really caring what you have to do to get there and um just keeping your eye on what the end result is going to be. Yeah, I'm a uh, self-diagnosed big picture person as well. So I, 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 I like it. I like it. Uh, so yeah. we, we talked about some of the, you know, some of your favorite aspects. Let's think about some of the challenges that you might face in, in a career like this and, and walk us through some of that. Absolutely. Uh, it's really hard to be the big picture person. Like, you know, <laughs> Sometimes it would really just be nice to have somebody say, these are your three things that you need to accomplish for me. And we're gonna check them off your list. But I, I mean, I think the biggest challenge is that there is never an end to the list. You are never done. Like, you know, like I was at home at 5.30 this morning thinking, man, I have to call that guy and tell him that thing. And if I don't remember to do it, then it's gonna be too late and the time keeps moving. And, um, you know, it is just sort of like a constant, like background scroll of all of those mini hats because you can't you can't ever just think well that's done ta-da you have to keep moving because of the uh, time management is a very very big thing in my job calendar management is a very very big thing in my job and you know like right now i need to plan our summer camps and um, i need to talk to these 15 different teachers and talk to them about their schedules and what kind of summer camps they might like to do and when they are going to be and how they work with all the other things. So it's a bit of a puzzle all the time, but I like a puzzle. 
yeah, I think not it's, everybody likes the puzzle. Right. I, I think it's almost like you say. There's a there's a certain type of personality that seems to be drawn to the mini hats concept or or the big picture. And I think one thing, kind of like you touched on here, with when people talk about being a big picture person or having a big picture outlook is the the planning piece doesn't really get talked about as much, but it is a crucial piece of well, having absolutely. that big picture. Uh, being absolutely. able to kind of yes. have that I, one view. Yeah. I love I I love planning. I love being able to plan. I am working on like being COVID made me have to be more flexible in my plans. Right. You know, like when when we first went home for COVID and at the art center we were never really all the way home. But, um, and one of us came in every day, but like I was trying to adjust the schedule and I had printed out all these calendar pages and I was like, okay, if for two weeks school is closed and we do this and we do this and we do this and I had it all worked out and that, and that was just nonsense. Right. <laughs> so like I personally have to work on like making plans and then knowing that like they're flexible. But I'm also like a big list person. Like I'm a quadrant list maker. I'll show you my list. Okay. So I have like things I have to do today, time things, 8.30, fill up, things I have to do personally. And this quadrant that's empty right now is like um, for things I need to write or like produce. I so like that. I've been a quadrant list maker for many, many years now. So you have to have a whole sheet of legal paper and you have to like know what your quadrants are. I like that. I'm a, I'm kind of a modified bullet journal person. Um, I have one of those moleskin, you know, things yeah. that I make my list every day and do that. But that that is fantastic. I'll have to I'll have to explore that. I've, I've never I've never heard of that quadrant list making. So that's fantastic. You gotta have a big piece of paper. Like you can't. <laughs> I don't know if it work in a moleskin because you, I, you know it's, it's it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. Absolutely. So let me uh, let me ask. We've talked about kind of the the big picture idea, the the mini hats, the um, the skills that are important in a role like this. Um, what advice would you have for students or for other folks who may be interested in pursuing a similar path? You know, are there steps they should consider or credentials or how does that, how does that work? Right, absolutely. Um, I, I'm a big, big proponent of get an internship. You know, I did, when I was in college, I did two internships. I did one internship at a publishing house because that's what I thought I wanted to do. And guess what I learned? I did not want to do that, <laughs> but thank goodness I learned before I had like devoted my life to it. And then I had gotten an internship at the magazine that turned into like a 10 year career. So I think try before you buy is um, a very important concept in, in this kind of work. And um, I would also encourage people to like build relationships in the nonprofit word, like get out there and like volunteer, do an internship, build relationships, because in this kind of work where you do have to wear many hats, where you do have to be available to do all kinds of things with all kinds of people, you want to be working with people that um, are a good match for you. And, you know, we have to do all kinds of weird things together. You know, we like, my coworker John had to drive to Monroe yesterday to try to get some nuns habits for nonsense. And so you just, you have to be um, flexible, like we talked about, and it has to be a little bit fun because, you know, sometimes you have to do hard things and clean up, throw up and do budgets and yep. do all these things. So it's a lot it's a lot more enjoyable if you can, if you know that you're going to be working with people who 
um, have the same kind of work, work ethic and drive and and same sort of like end goal in mind that you do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, building those relationships, like joining some like professional organizations and that kind of thing, I think is really important. And I would also add to anyone who is in a creative field and they think they might want to go into administration, take an accounting class. <laughs> That's great <laughs> advice. Take an accounting class because you will need it and it will help you. And it will, if you have the skills in your back pocket, um, it's going to be easier to get a job with a bunch of creative people too. If you're like, well, I already took accounting one. Yes. Yes. That's fantastic advice. And I think it's, it's, it's interesting that you started with internships because I think that, um, especially as students, if undergrad or, or, or graduate students going through a program, um, there may be untold resources that uh, either are not immediately apparent or that they have to dig a little bit to find. And it really is an invaluable um, opportunity to, to kind of get that, like you said, get that experience, get that behind the scenes view, um, almost treat it like a, a career buffet, if you will, kind of try different things and see, you know, does, is this a good fit? Is this something that I'm really interested in? Um, because having that uh, that experience, a it's, it's work experience that you can that you can identify and list on your you know resume or CV. But it's also, like I said, it's kind of a behind the scenes view of uh, like a, a test drive uh, of something, if you will. So that's right. that's awesome. Right. Um, so let's let's talk about mentors for a second. Um, you know who who's helped you along the way? Um, who has has played an important role in in, uh, in this journey of yours? And and talk about that. Um, I had a very wonderful professor at Hendricks named Alice Hines, and she was my advisor. And um, she, you know, I, I was getting an English literature degree. Like we, we were deep in like the restoration drama of it all. But um, she really understood that I was probably not going to go into teaching. So she worked with me very hard to learn about jobs that I could get with an English degree, you know, what kind of communication jobs are out there, what kind of nonprofit jobs are out there. And um, she helped me really think creatively about how to find um, find a path that was not teaching when really I've just been like reading for four years. So um, she was such such an important person in my life to help me help me do that. And then um, my first editor at At Home in Arkansas, Carrie Temple, she, I, I still think about stuff that she told me. Like, I was very young, you know, I was 20, and she really, like, taught me how to work in an office. Like, uh, it was, I'm not a youngish person anymore, and, like, they had just all gotten email at the office. And, like, her rule was, that she was never the last person on an email. So if she sends you an email, you always had to answer it, even if you just said thanks or okay, or I got it. Like her email was never gonna be the last email. And like that really, um, I think about it all the time. Well, and you mentioned something that I'm kind of curious to to follow back up on about the, the teaching piece. And I'm wondering if you find that that's a common thread for folks who may have gone into the humanities or gone into the arts that kind of have that creative side and they have that uh, that viewpoint, um, but they don't necessarily feel like teaching is for them. Do you, right. do you find more of those folks in nonprofits? Is that a, is that a path that, that right. happens? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you find a lot of those 
folks in nonprofits and you find a lot of those folks in like communications and marketing yeah. like they're storytellers to be the for the most part like all all the the folks i know that got english degrees got history degrees you know in the humanities um who did not go into teaching really went into something that is telling a story in some way you know that's fantastic like if you're either telling a marketing story, you're telling a PR story, you're telling a communication story, you're telling a nonprofit story, like you have uh, a message. And I think those people are kind of like mini hats people. Mm -hmm. I think the mini hats people in the humanities just want to like figure out a way to tell stories. Yeah, we are breaking down the personality of nonprofits today. I love Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so, it's the arts. We think all the way in to that's right, that's very right. cores. <laughs> So you mentioned it a little bit a second ago, but I want to follow back up because we are what is this, almost March. We're, we're practically two years into this pandemic experience. Um, how, how did the pandemic affect you guys, affect the work that you do? Um, how has that changed over the past two years? Talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, it was the pandemic was hard on every nonprofit I know. The pandemic was hard on every like performance-based organization that I know, and um, it, it really made us reevaluate a lot of things. But it also made us realize like how much people need art, how much people need performance, how much people need like audience experiences. Um, we, we are blessed with a very large building. So we, throughout the, um, you know, like kind of like part one of the pandemic where like we all worked from home except one of us would come in every day and that way we could keep the art center open because like we have a great big space where people could come in and um, be socially distant and we really figured out ways that we could use that so you know once we got past like that first summer and we had to do like virtual summer camps and, and that kind of thing we really like honed in on how can we make the most for people and also keep them safe? Like we're problem solvers. And I, you know, give me a list of the things that I have to do and I will do those things. You know, if I have to make everybody stand in a box, I'll make them all stand in a box, like I don't care. But um, you know, coming to see art in a gallery is safe. And we figured out how many people we could get in our 200 seat theater, which was really about 60. And um, we did a couple of interesting things. Uh, we did a series of art lectures with Gabe Esselheimer. And um, we, we, everybody had to like, they had to RSVP and we took their temperatures and they all had to be spread out and gay. Was, so we could have one person speaking on stage without a mask at the very height of things like that's all we could have. There were two people on stage. They had to be like 18 feet apart. And, and nobody could sing at all. So we had Gay on stage talking about art and they were sold out shows, but they were free, of course. So, um, and we gave them a, a packet of Cheez-Its because it was individually packaged. It was kind of like cheese and crackers. And uh, we did uh, a couple this year when we could have like maybe had something else, but they really love those Cheez-Its. Like the people who had been coming to Gay's lectures, they were used to their Cheez-Its. Never didn't... underestimate the Cheez-Its. That's awesome. Right? Right? <laughs> and there's all kinds of flavors, but they really like the original Cheez-Its. They don't like the powdery kind. 
Classic, yeah. So, um, what the, uh, kind of as a follow-on to that, um, what are some things that you guys maybe uh, innovated or, or took advantage of during the past few years that you're going to keep, even though things are starting to uh, uh, improve, I guess? Absolutely. I think it really pushed us forward um, with our online interactions. You know, we have always, or not always, but for a long time, you know, we had a website, we had social media, but we did not have online ticketing and we did not have online class registration. And we really figured out, like, we just had to, you know, we just had to. And um, we had sort of been trying to reinvent the wheel with those for a long time, like create our own things. And we also realized that there's a lot of really wonderful products out there for both class registration and online ticketing. So we had a lot of time on our hands sometimes. So we could really like do like a deep dive into like research for those. How much would they cost? And, you know, what's the fees involved? And we ended up with two programs that we really like and that we have, we've been using our online class registration for two semesters and one summer. And then we started online ticketing in May last year. So, and those really have been, I'm not going to say like transformative, but they've really changed the way that we do things. People expect that now. They don't expect to have to call up here between nine and five on Monday and Friday to register their kid or to buy a ticket. They expect to be able to do it all the time. And they really, you know, they really take advantage of it. And also because of the pandemic, we had to be very clear about who was in the building. We had to keep really meticulous records and we would not have been able to do that without those two pieces of the puzzle. You know, we had to know who was sitting in the theater and where they were sitting. And we had to know how many kids were in each class um, because we had to know how many desks we had and how far apart those desks were. Mm -hmm. And I mean, really from a child safety perspective, it is super important to know who can pick up kids, who can drop kids off and you know what their allergies are, all that kind of stuff. And now it is very easy for us to get to that information. It's easy for us to get to that information on our phones and no matter where we are. And um, it, it's, it's a lot more information, but it's a lot easier to get to that information. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, think, I think a lot of folks maybe had similar uh, trajectories and similar discoveries and, and made some, some adjustments like, like that, that that really not only improved uh, workflow, but, but also the experience as well and, and uh, kind of keep that moving forward. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, it's something that we have been talking about for years and that we really just, the pandemic really just kind of pushed us over the cliff and we're like, you gotta do it. So yeah. I'm so glad that we did. <laughs> well, so this is the time where I would ask if there's anything we haven't yet discussed, uh, if you'd like to touch on and uh, what's coming up, what's what's going yeah. on in the Art Center that folks need to be aware of? Oh, we always have something going on. We always have something going on. Um, I want to just mention that like as a nonprofit, we really rely on our community financially. And you know, it is important to us that the funds that we have are not our money. They are the people's money. And that's why this is the people's building. And we want everyone to feel just as welcome here as on their first visit as on their 50th visit. So, you know, all, all, everything that the Art Center represents and built is on the community of El Dorado. So yeah, I think that's just a really important piece of the puzzle 
And you know, we have a wonderful membership program. Memberships start at like $25 for students. So, uh, and then going from there. But like, that's why it's so important to us that like, if the community needs something, like we're gonna meet that need. And we aren't just here for entertainment. We are here to meet the community's needs, whatever they are, and, and however they come to us. So, so we do have a lot going on as always. Um, so Nonsense opens next Friday, March the 4th, opening night. So Nonsense is um, a dear production to us. This is actually the 25th anniversary of the first time the Art Center did Nonsense. Wow. And we have um, some of the original cast returning. Very cool. And I, that's very important because this is the first time since COVID started that we have singing on the stage. Yay. <laughs> nice. Yes. Whew. Very cool. And okay, so, so where can folks go if they want to find out more about you, your work, the Art Center, the shows that are coming up? What's the best place to go? Absolutely. You can buy tickets online. So you can go to our website. It is saac-arts.org and click on Nonsense. You can buy Nonsense tickets. Um, you can register for classes there. Our spring classes have already started, but our summer schedule will be if I could get my quadrant list going a little better today, I would be done with our summer schedule soon. But, you know, definitely soon our summer schedule will be announced. And then our summer musical is Mamma Mia. So that will be in July. Very cool. Very good. And you guys are on uh, the socials. I'm, I'm, I'm Absolutely. I know you have Facebook. Do you have any of the other platforms? We got Facebook. We got Insta. Okay. All right. Great. Well, thank you for doing this. Any, any final thoughts? No, I think this is very fun. I think this is a great idea and I have loved all of them. So Awesome. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. And, and again, I want to thank you for the time and uh, uh, best of luck with the show. That's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay, thanks. Thank you all for listening. For questions and comments, or to suggest future guests for the show, please send us an email at librarystaff at southart.edu. That's librarystaff at s-o-u-t-h-a-r-k.edu. Also, please check us out on Facebook at South Art Library. We'll see you next time.